Hello, and welcome to Saving People, Queering Things, a Supernatural podcast. We were previously known as Driver Picks the Podcast, and the episode you're about to listen to was recorded under that name. Though our name has changed as of season three, our show hasn't changed that much. Our structure and theme-based discussions are the same, and we're so glad you're here. Now, let's get on the road. Hello, and welcome to Driver Picks the Podcast, the show where we talk about ghosts, road trips, and free will through every episode of the TV series Supernatural. Today, we will be discussing Season 2, Episode 3, Bloodlust, through the theme of valor. I am Abigail, your host, and joining me today is Rennie. Welcome back. Thank you. Hello. So, it is now time for our series recap, The Road So Far. We are only three episodes into the season, but we have a lot to recap because there's a lot from season one that still has yet to be resolved. John Winchester is dead, having made a deal to save Dean from dying of his injuries from the car crash caused by a demon at the end of season one. The yellow-eyed demon, who killed Mary and Jess, is still loose, and Sam and Dean are on their own. However, they are not without help. An old friend of John's, Ellen Harvell, along with her daughter Joe and another friend Ash, are also keeping their ear to the ground looking for the demon, with Ash putting his significant technological skill to an algorithm that will track events that could be related to the demon. However, for now though, both Sam and Dean are handling their grief in different ways while continuing on the hunt of whatever evil thing they come across next. That brings us to this episode and to our 30-second recap. Okay, three, two, one, go. Okay, so Dean rebuilt the car. The boys are investigating mutilated cows and beheaded people in a town. They think it's Satanists at first, but it's vampires. They meet Sterling K. Brown, a.k.a. Crazy Turbo Hunter. He wants them to leave the case to him, but of course they don't. Immediately save him by Dean brutally killing a vampire with a power saw. Gross. Gordon and Dean have a heart-to-heart about why they hunt and their family losses. Ellen warns Sam not to work with Gordon, compares it to Animal Lecter. Sam gets kidnapped by the vampires who tell them they're vegetarian and unkidnap him. Sam and Dean argue about going after them, and Dean punches Sam and doesn't listen to him. Nice, nice. I'm going to pick up, like, right where you left off. That's what we're going to do. Three, two, one, go. So to continue where Randy left off, Sam and Dean fight about the um, morality of killing monsters that maybe aren't um, killing other people. But while they're having this fight, Gordon goes and tracks down the de- the um, vampire, takes it captive, and is really sadistically hurting it um, and is threatening to kill them all. Sam and Dean um, confront him and Dean switches sides, says that it's, um, they won't kill him, they won't kill the vampires, they let them go. and. Gordon and Dean have a big fight. We will talk about the things that we missed in this recap because apparently this is the episode where we actually don't make it to the end. Oh, well. I was pretty close though. I was pretty close. I just missed the like heart to heart of Sam and Dean in the episode, which is kind of crucial for the resolution, but (laughs) we'll get there. We'll get there in our talk. Yeah. So it is now time for us to discuss this episode through our chosen theme. And this week, our theme is Valor. Uh, Renny, do you want to read the description of Valor that you found, that we actually both found? Um, just yes. Because this is not as common of a theme word as we've used in the past. Yes. So Valor is described to be extreme courage in the face of danger, especially in battle. And we are treating it as kind of the combination of courage and honor. 
um, we're also drawing out the connection of, um, especially in battle from that description. Um, there's a lot of metaphors in this episode and in Supernatural in general that are like war metaphors that are um, treating hunting as like a war or as individual battles. Um, and so this theme really works quite well for this episode. And so we're excited to explore it. Yeah. Kind of asking the question of our hunters valorous, our Sam and Dean in this episode is Gordon, is hunting in itself make you valorous? Jumping right in, the first thing I noticed to connect to this theme is, is when Sam and Dean are driving and Dean, they're back in the car again after Dean's rebuilt it and Dean is happy there on, or like presenting as happy and Sam points it out and kind of is a little bit shocked by it, which given the previous episode and Dean's like um, grief uh, is, is surprising. Um, but the thing I really pulled from that related to the theme is that Dean, like Dean says, why shouldn't I be, you know, we've got a hunt. That's pretty much the only reason he gives. Um, and I was thinking about how he gets happy when he has a purpose that when he gets to be a person of valor, because so much of his identity is wrapped up in being a hunter in saving people. He hasn't been able to do that. Like the last big thing that has happened in their lives is that John has died. They weren't able to save him. Um, and so his happiness being tied to his perception of their lives as like valorous, that they're yeah. courageous people. And, and he's back finally doing what his purpose is, quote unquote. Which is interestingly mirrored at the end of the episode when he says this hunt messed everything up because now I'm wondering if I killed someone who didn't deserve it in the past without knowing it yeah oh yeah that's a really really good bookend um he goes from it's interesting he goes from being seeming like presenting as happy and settled and like confident in his identity as a hunter to at the end being like i'm questioning all of that like it is it happen. actually valorous what we do or is it not yeah and what do i do if it isn't when I'm still so like the whole conversation at the end of the episode is him being like, but I'm so wired for this. I'm so, my instincts are all, are all to just like kill all of the monsters regardless and to not ask any questions and to not question or consider that they might not deserve to be killed. He's like, I, all I want to do is like rip the vampire's throat out even when the vampire isn't killing anyone. And yeah, the, the breakdown of that over the course of this episode is so well done. Yeah, and I think Gordon, you know, Gordon's bothering Dean with that too, kind of poking at him and he keeps telling him, you're a killer like me, you're a killer like me, like Sam's different than us, but you and me, it's in our blood. And yeah, um, he really wants Dean to get on board and, and he really like creates this attachment to Dean Mm -hmm. needs him to be the same needs him to think that they are the heroes who see everything in black and white who courageously take out the monsters who go to battle yeah and sam refuses to like sell that narrative or buy into it from the get-go as soon as they meet gordon sam's like mm, this guy yeah. is not this is not something's not right. 
yeah, he has a gut instinct, it seems like, a gut instinct about Gordon, Mm -hmm. where he knows that something's off with him. From really fast, too, like, Mm -hmm. he's, you know, very quickly, he's like, on, he clearly is on edge, visibly, in that first scene in the bar, before they've really seen, they haven't seen Gordon, um, really hunt at that point I thought it was interesting how in that scene after the 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 second scene in the bar with Gordon after they kill the first vampire um Sam leaves because he's like I don't want to bring you down and he doesn't want to be part of the conversation um and then Dean gets to kind of proclaim his valor he gets to like tell hunting stories and I hate that it's Gordon that he's telling Hunter stories to, but I like, I don't think he gets very many opportunities to talk to other hunters or to talk to other people about his life. And he's telling these hunting stories and he's telling the story of how he embraced the life when he was 16 and how he had to like reckon with, you know, other kids are doing all these things at 16 and I've just like killed a monster mm-hmm. and saved some people. Um, again another really interesting tie into the conversation at the end where he's questioning whether or not that actually made him a hero yeah and he in that same conversation he's talking about his dad and he's saying that you know he took so many beatings throughout his life he thought he was indestructible he thought nothing can kill my dad you know um and then he died and I was thinking um is that idea that Dean has of John Valorous, like this guy who keeps going in battle, keeps fighting, Mm. you know, keeps getting up. Never Um, gives up on his quest. Never gives up, yeah, Um, and continues going. And Dean kind of perceives that in John as being Valor, I think. Mm. That kind of, that sense of courage and honor, no matter what. Yeah. Um, In... I guess kind of integrity and like staying true to what you do. Devoting yourself to a cause. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 John did for, you know, 20 years. He devoted himself to the cause of finding Mary's killer. Yeah. And Dean sees that as at the beginning of this episode, sees that as valorous. But then, you know, Gordon's advice is to use grief to fuel hunting. You know, he says like use the hole the person left in you as bloodlust um it gets he says you know it gets the hole will get bigger and bigger gets darker and darker and that's your fuel yeah and you know taking pride in being good at killing and all that stuff and I saw parallels with John with that like that's what he did right he used his Mm -hmm. grief as his as his fuel um and like I don't know look where it got him you know like yeah it's he was neglectful as a father and then he died yeah Um, and and up until his death he was not on good terms with his sons because mm -hmm. he wouldn't actually open up to them he wouldn't be honest with them he wouldn't be vulnerable he like the last conversation he has with Sam is a fight Mm -hmm. um and now that he's gone we talked a little bit about this. I talked a little bit about this in the previous episode that um, that we recorded, um, episode two, and we talked about how Sam and Dean are kind of contrasted in the way that they're renegotiating their relationship with John after his death, because Sam has gone from like, 
this certain perception and the way of talking about John that that's been very antagonistic through most of the first season to now that John is gone, he's, he's starting to like, really, he's starting to say, you know, dad did his best. He's starting to say things like, Mm -hmm. you know, the last thing I said to dad was a fight and I regret that. And I'm never going to be able to take that back. Um, Mm -hmm. Whereas Dean, on the other hand, is now that John's gone, able to like, think of John as more than like a drill sergeant or like the hero of a father. And Dean's starting to kind of go, oh, my dad was human. And maybe he actually was pretty flawed. And maybe he actually made some bad decisions. Maybe like the fact that he didn't have any friends is not a good thing. Yeah. It's and interestingly, like, interestingly, the valor that Dean is talking about in John in this episode is the same thing that pushed Dean and Sam away from him. Mm Mm-hmm. But Dean can't quite see that yet, I think. He's trying to emanate that valor in his own life, like you're talking about. And he's trying to find Um, a simple, a way forward that's simple. Yeah. You know, that's not emotionally complicated because if he doesn't, then the grief just is really, really overwhelming. And then they also have to reckon with like, what do they do now? Do they become John? Can they do the quest for the demon? And it's unclear at this point if they, what exactly they're going to do. They're kind of on hold because they're waiting for a sign of the demon Mm -hmm. to continue hunting it. But they're also not waiting and not, like they're still hunting. It's unclear as to like, they haven't gone down that path of John, but the question is, will they? Yeah, totally. And I think like you mentioned something about John about how he like never showed emotion and never was vulnerable. I noticed that with Dean in this episode in that same conversation with Gordon when he says, I can't talk about this with Sammy. Mm-hmm. Um, like talking about his grief and like losing his dad and how he's not yeah. doing well with it and stuff. And I think he sees that as valor too. Like that, you know, stay quote, quote unquote, yeah. stay strong, you know, stay, um, what's the word, stoic. Um, right that idea of the stoic the stoic warrior yeah exactly like the soldier who doesn't show pain and doesn't show um loss and grief Mm -hmm. even though that's exactly what sam needs from him is actually for them to like be able to grieve together well exactly and like the idea of dean's perception of valor is is courage that pushes away feeling as opposed to Mm. courage that like says you have to feel wholeheartedly in order to be courageous mm-hmm. because being courageous involves like looking at your fear and knowing that it scares you and and then doing what is right and what it and and Dean sort of forced to get there in this episode but at the beginning he definitely does not want to he definitely would rather just not feel anything not feel any of these yeah. complications and pushes sam away as a result to the point of like literally physically hitting sam him, yeah. to try and like stop sam from asking the questions that are getting under his skin yeah exactly um there's also the line just kind of because it's also in this scene that Gordon says, uh, where he says, it's not a crime to need your job. Mm, Yeah. Um, Which is just wild when you think of this show as a whole um, about John's legacy and now the boys of like, you know, Dean needs this job right now. Mm -hmm. 
so that he can feel okay but think, he's not I okay think Sam does too I think Sam needs it because he's kind of reeling from the loss of Jess the loss of his dad mm-hmm. and the powers that he's so confused about and yeah. she's kind of um he's trying to find himself I think and he's looking in hunting because it's his family thing mm-hmm. yeah and like you said earlier he's been he what he needs from Dean is for Dean to actually open up and Sam yeah. has been asking for that he asked for he was asking Dean for that in episode two yeah. um when he was saying you know I know you're not okay Dean like I know you're covering it up I know you're turning to hunting to cope but like we need to be able to grieve and mm-hmm. Dean is not able to do that um but Sam is able to emotionally express that and Sam's like emotional maturity in this episode is yeah. I really loved it um he follows his instincts and calls Ellen mm-hmm. they've only met Ellen once <laughs> um yeah. but I love that he his instinct is to go is to go Ellen knows things she might know about Gordon and Gordon's giving me bad vibes. I'm going to call Ellen. Yeah. Yeah, and he keeps his brother accountable. Like, I think that that's courageous, actually, and shows Valor mm. in, in Sam is that he, you know, he's standing up to this scary hunter dude that they've never met, and he's standing up to his older brother, which he actually doesn't do a ton. No, um, and he's standing up to him for multiple reasons. Like, not just standing up to him in terms of the practicalities of this hunt, but also standing up to him and saying, you know, I think you're, I think you're grieving. Like, I think you're trying to replace dad. I think you're trying to find someone to latch onto. Like he, he calls it like he sees it, which is like considering Dean's like volatility in this episode is take some courage on Sam's part to be like, I'm going to tell the truth, even if you don't like it. Yeah, totally. I guess kind of the big, theme of this episode with Valor that stood up to me was we've kind of touched on it already but like that idea of are we hunting and killing any non-humans or anything evil right does something not being human make it something we should kill make it evil like is it evil by definition is a monster a monster because it's not human or is it a monster because of the things it does like what and like up till this point they have not had to make that distinction. Every Except monster season one is a monster. I feel like maybe with like the humans that oh, they've come okay. across that yeah. are kind of monstrous. Yeah, that's a kind of a like a, a early little like whiff of this conflict. Yeah. Um, I was just going to say, I think like they're trying to figure out what has more valor, like what, and that's what the argument is, right? Like what is more brave and honorable is it to kill the thing no matter what because it's not human and it's a danger to the world or is it to kill only once you're sure that it's evil and hurting or hurting people um you know and I guess the boys are fighting about that at first and then I noticed that the moment that Dean flipped and changed his mind was as soon as Gordon touched Sam and like as soon as he like grabbed him and like had the knife Dean was like okay no <laughs> yeah and he was already like teetering on the edge yeah from like I think the way the conversation that he had with Sam 
already kind of shook him up a little bit and then they walk into the room and Gordon has the vampire tied up and it Dean and you see Dean's face sort of do that thing where he's like mm-hmm. oh shit this is not this is not how killing monsters usually goes yeah like we don't usually hurt them for the sake of hurting them we take them out because they're hurting other people yeah Whereas Gordon is clearly taking this sort of like sadistic pleasure in it and is inviting Dean to like come along and just sort of like the way he asks Dean is sort of like a, it's like he's, he's, buddy he's playing all buddy, buddy with him and Sam and Dean's like suspicious, but you're right. It's like the moment when he makes a move on Sam and Dean, I think realizes that Gordon's black and white morality means that he wouldn't hesitate to sacrifice innocent lives that he wouldn't hesitate to hurt Sam like that he yeah that his moral compass is so black and white that it will inevitably hurt innocent people yeah and Dean's like that's not that can't be what we that can't be what we that can't be what Valor is and not only Gordon, but I would argue John as well. Like that's how he raised them, right? To be, to hate all the monsters. He taught them that killing was courageous and honorable. Um, and the only the only solution, like that there's only one option. Yeah. You find the yeah. monster, you kill the monster. Yeah, exactly. Well, and Gordon even says that you find the bad thing, you find the bad thing. He doesn't say you find the monster or you find the supernatural thing. He says you find the bad thing and you kill it. No gray. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. There's interesting, yeah. interesting parallels between Gordon and John, I think, of just like that idea that Dean, at first Dean sees them both with that idea, his idea of valor of like, you know, fighting and fighting and keeping going and being courageous in terms of like, I guess, physical harm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, totally. Like they're not, like Gordon doesn't strike me as courageous in the first scene that we see with Gordon and a vampire. He's, yeah, no. he's like, he's almost detached. It doesn't seem like he's having to be courageous, but that seems, that's almost scarier. That's what makes him, what's what makes Gordon feel less human. Yeah, totally. That's a good point. But yeah, then kind of the, the realization, I think at the end of the episode that both, both Gordon and John were kind of living by this black and white philosophy of monster and non-monster and Sam and Dina realizing it's actually not that simple Mm -hmm. yeah well and this is the first monster that we've seen like quote-unquote monster I have it in quotation marks in my notes um this is the first monster that we see controlling their urge to kill and Mm -hmm. these monsters are doing it out of self-preservation that's the only reason we know that that's pretty clear in the episode itself um but they're not killing people. Yeah. They are not causing harm to humans. And that's the I that's the first time we've seen that in this show where a supernatural being isn't what it seems. And it's vampires too. Like this is only the second time we've seen vampires and we're already seeing the vampires, at least vampires, we don't know about other monsters, but at least vampires have the ability to control their urges to kill. Yeah. 
and you know the vampire says you know we have a right to live we're not bothering anyone Mm -hmm. um is what she says to sam um and that yeah is really interesting um which goes along with one thing I was noticing about Sam is that Sam from the very beginning, as soon as he is taken, like is willing to be proved wrong about monsters, Mm. you know? Yeah. Interesting. He is willing to listen to an alternate narrative and take it seriously. And maybe that shows, yeah, I was just going to say that maybe that shows more courage than, than you would think. Well, that's maybe the, 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 the intersection of courage and honor. Like mm. that's where maybe valor sits is that Sam, you know, is willing and it's risky for him to do that because he knows he's going to be going against Dean. He knows yeah. he's going to be pushed up. He knows he's going to be going against Gordon. He knows he's going to have an uphill battle to advocate for the literal, like the supernatural things that they usually kill. Mm-hmm. But he, his conscience, the story he's hearing and the, fact that he believes them like means that he can't just like continue on the same way they've always thought about monsters yeah yep sam definitely wins the valor medal in this episode (laughs) yes yes Uh, yeah that's a it's no no contest in this episode yeah but dean dean gets a a nod for uh, most improved (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) most improved player in this episode <laughs> biggest character arc within a single episode yeah um i wanted to talk about the thing that you and i talked about a little bit while we were watching um but the the comment you were making before we were recording about just the parallels between the way they talk about each other the two way the two groups talk about each other is really similar i'm wondering if you can oh, yeah if you can speak to that because you were phrasing it really well Mm. (laughs) (laughs) um yeah I i was noticing that um the way that gordon and dean particularly gordon was talking about the the vampires was very like reminiscent of I don't know the best way to describe it I guess like prejudice and racism that I've heard is just um I can't remember the exact things that he was saying but it was very like an us and them mentality a very like they are all bad we are all good um you know very one-dimensional like blanket Mm -hmm. statements and then the vampire um Eli was talking about the hunters in the same way he was saying they're all the same once they caught our scent they're not going to stop we should you just can't. kill them we yeah, should just kill them now and yeah he says um, you can't reason with these people yeah yeah um just a very blanket statement and i just thought it was interesting the parallel that the two kind of groups were talking about each other in a similar very prejudiced way yeah because they have these they because they both have this like narrative and for the hunters they have this like narrative that they're the good guys Uh and that they can't possibly it doesn't matter how they you know to to, to a certain extent like it doesn't really matter what if they hurt monsters on the way to killing them because like they're bad they're evil and they deserve to be killed whereas Mm -hmm. the 
the the the vampires in this in this particular episode are caught under that like they where it doesn't matter what they do it doesn't matter if they never kill a human if the hunters have got their scent the hunters will will track them down and Mm -hmm. and so they both have this really black and white view of the other group but that and sam and lenore are the people from their respective groups that are willing to give the other the benefit of the doubt Mm -hmm. um and say like you know maybe you're different maybe you're not the same as what i yeah have kind of stereotyped you to be yeah um yeah maybe maybe you're your own person (laughs) and maybe you have the capability of being good or evil like maybe maybe it's actually well you know that's um the whole thing of you know your actions determine who you are more than your abilities that's like kind of one of those classic um that's one of those lines from um from harry potter that's you know it's it's your choices that define you and lenora and sam are both like willing to be like we can make different choices sam's like we can make different choices we cannot hunt them and lenora's like you can lenora's like we have made we have made the sacrifice to make different choices yeah, I think that's that's I think that's all we have when it comes to theme. Um, so next, we're going to move into our going meta segment, and in this section, we talk about some elements that we particularly love about the show, things that make it fascinating, including its treatment of female characters. We explore the lore of the show's world, and we talk about pop culture references and any other elements of the show's writing that we find particularly interesting. We have a lot to talk about this week. Um, oh, I have notes from my last Mm. guest because it was a new person so I had to prompt a lot more um first the first thing we are tracking in this section is deaths so I think we only have the two I think we have two vampire deaths yes I think that's true you yeah yeah the girl at the beginning and then the guy at the mill Mm -hmm. yeah and I will actually check we'll actually put those in this category because um normally we don't count um monster deaths in this count but because these are we find out in this episode that these are actually not these are not monsters in that Mm -hmm. sense they are vampires but they're not they're not actually the villains of this episode um we'll include them in our meaningful death count um and we have no significant character deaths in this episode nope um the bechdel test (laughs) fails miserably (laughs) oh again it's just like there's no there's barely women in this episode one of them is ellen who's in it for two seconds and the other one is lenore who's technically the quote-unquote monster of the episode yeah and she's a really she's an interesting character to me I really like her like um I think they gave her like a little bit of layers (laughs) yes and she's played by a phenomenal actor it's who's it's so fun to see her in in this um it's also so weird to see her in this because I you know we know her from other shows about the supernatural world um not the supernatural world as in the this universe but as in the shows about supernatural creatures um so that's kind of fun that's part of why I love her in this episode but yeah she's super well characterized and she gets to make her case and like 
really just talk as in a lot of ways like the vampires we the vampires we met in the previous episode where we met vampires dead man's blood at the end of season one were kind of very very caricaturized they were um and we talked about that alicia and i talked about that in that episode and so it's nice to see vampires in this episode that are a lot more complex and feel a lot more like humans who happen to be vampires as opposed to stereotypes yeah um but yeah she's the only really good female character in this episode that has meaningful um lines and screen time Mm -hmm. um next we have our lore check we have retractable vampire fangs for the first time that's going to be recurring yep definitely Um, and the beheading you know beheading mm -hmm. yeah which we kind of got I think talked about a little bit but we haven't this episode like reinforces the the vampire lore um also reinforces that vampires um Lenore says you know were practically extinct um Mm. I think that's Lenore not Eli who says that um yeah yeah um the other thing I know too Oh, yes. Yeah. We get another example of dead man's blood and how it works. Yeah. Yeah. And it works very similarly to the previous episode we saw it in. So okay. some the continuity is decent um, with vampires. It actually gets a little more specific in this episode, which I liked, appreciated. Yeah. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk about with lore, I want to get to, I'm going to get to Eli slash Benny later. Okay. Yeah. Um, in a new section that I've added. Um, But I wanted to talk briefly about how the hunter world lore, because when Gordon meets the Winchesters, he has heard of them. He recognizes their names. He has that sort of like, it's Sam and Dean Winchester, but it's because of John. Mm -hmm. It's not, but he's also clearly heard of them. And it's yeah, um, and he has he has details about them. He says, like, you know, John's good, but I heard you guys are good too. You guys are good trackers, good yeah. in a fight. Like he has specific details about what they're good at, which and is they, so weird. Yeah, and they are like, How do you know that? And he goes, yeah. Hunters talk, which yeah. I found so in it's the first, it's the first one of the first, it's the second really concrete evidence we have within the show. Um the first being Alan and Joe and the Roadhouse, but this one now another piece of evidence that hunters have some sort of at least informal network of information mm-hmm. and collaboration. Yeah. That the Winchesters, for whatever reason, have not chosen to be a part of. Well, well, that John has not chosen to be a part of. Yeah, because <laughs> Dean and Sam don't know about it yet. Really. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. It's true. That's not a yeah. Although Sam shows a little bit of awareness of it, I think what Gordon says kind of kind of tips them off because I then he calls Ellen um to ask about Gordon like he knows that she would know something about that because he met her but also Mm -hmm. maybe because Gordon said that he talked to hunters yeah yeah that's really true and they were and Ellen is the most recent place that they've been and the most recent hunt that they've had or at least that we know of that's what happens on screen yeah well and and Gordon even points out that fact that they didn't know everything he says you know I guess your dad didn't tell you everything yeah um which is really interesting. You sure didn't. <laughs> no, sure didn't. <laughs> um, but I just think that's a really interesting um, yeah. 
way that we're building the lore of this show um, and the discrepancy between the Winchester's experience and other hunters. And we're going to kind of see that continue to unfold this season, mm-hmm. which is really cool. Uh, next up is our locations. So this episode takes place um, within the story in Red Lodge, Montana. <laughs> in terms of its filming locations, it's filmed in kind of a pub. It's filmed on a bridge in Delta. I think it may be a bridge that they've used before slash will use again. It may. I'm not sure if it's the same bridge that is used in the pilot. It looks very similar. It looks like it. Yeah. I think it might be. Um, and it's also filmed in Langley in some fields. And um, we also get a shot of the roadhouse again, which is the same location as in the previous episode. And that's, um, yeah, kind of about it for filming locations. In terms of our next section, which is pop culture. Anything you notice, Rennie? Um, Just the Hannibal Lecter reference. I think that's the only re- like reference really. Yeah, Dean makes one other horror movie reference. I don't remember what it is. Oh, you know what he says that I thought was funny is he says so much effed up crap happens in Florida. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah, which was just funny. Yeah, I don't know if that's a pop culture reference, but. But it's um, it's sort of a, I mean, it is sort of reference, a reference to like Florida being the butt of the joke in a lot of, a lot of TV shows. Yep. Um, Florida is also not a place they spend very much time in, in very many episodes at all. Mm-mm. probably partly because it's really hard to make floor or make vancouver look like florida yeah <laughs> almost impossible it's hard to make vancouver look like montana but here we are um <laughs> this doesn't look like very much like montana um no it doesn't have at all <laughs> which is just you know continuity <laughs> Um, and last up for this, uh, going meta segment, we have our gaydar section. So this is sexuality and gender. Anything related to that? I think we have one main note from this today. That's just about, I, I mean, there's not really, a, uh, any, a, a significant sexuality piece here. Uh, really we call this section gaydar, but we mean it way more broadly than that. Um, it was just an excuse to have a way to talk about this in every episode but in terms of the gender piece um gordon's just it's just yeah. very misogynistic yeah. and uh, really unpleasant and is a like rennie you pointed this out when we were watching is that like huge red flags just based on the way he talks about women in yeah. like two brief offhand comments yeah gross all around yeah yeah but we love sterling Brown. Oh yes, phenomenal performance of a character that is terrible. It's so cool to me that they, there's so many actors on this show that they got early on before their careers blew up and now their careers have blown up and they're like incredible. And they were on early episodes of Supernatural. Yeah, yeah. and you know, spoiler alert for this, but like, this is not gonna be the last time we're gonna see Gordon. Um, Mm -hmm. He's gonna be recurring and he's gonna have some, some role to play as we move forward. And yeah. it's great because he's so good in this role and it's so different from his, his, a lot of the roles he plays later on. I guess the other fun, kind of funny shout out that we could make in this section is Dean's flirting with his car at the beginning of the episode. <laughs> yeah, and Sam, Sam being like, you guys need to get a room, I'll leave. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, it's okay, baby. He just doesn't understand us. <laughs> Dean's just so happy to be back in the car. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
So finally today we have our new question and answer segment where either myself or a listener is going to pose a question that we had from this episode and we're going to talk about it slash debate it. In this segment, we are focusing specifically on questions related to the writing, filming, or acting choices in the episode. If you would like to submit a question for this segment for any episode in season two, uh, please send us a voicemail using the link in the episode description or tag us on TikTok or Twitter. So today, my question for you, Renny, is, and this is going to be big, big spoilers. So if you do not want big, big spoilers, you will want to skip this section. Thank you for listening today. We'll see you next week. <laughs> if you're still here, today my question for you, Renny, is this. We see a character named Eli in this episode who is a vampire who presumably gets out of town at the same time with Lenore and survives, who is a vampire who is presumably also not eating humans, um, but seemed also quite conflicted in this episode. The, this character is played by an actor who will return many years later in season eight as a vampire character that has a really interesting relationship with Dean and also a com very complex relationship with Sam, um, who was actually killed and Dean and him meet in purgatory. We're of course talking about Benny, if you didn't already figure that out, um, which if you're still here, you figured that out probably before we started talking about it. <laughs> um, my question is, how can we, <laughs> how can we see, how can we imagine um, this storyline unfolding so that these can be the same character? Obviously they're called by different names, but that doesn't mean anything in Supernatural. No, it doesn't. Um, especially with uh, supernatural creatures that have potentially been around and alive for a long time. A lot of times they've changed names over the, the mm -hmm. years. Um, do you have any theories for how this can connect through the years? Well, I will just say that this the second that he came on screen, I was like, Benny! <laughs> Did the same. <laughs> we love Benny. We love Benny. Benny, and Benny is, we, yeah. We'll get into it in season eight. Yes. But there's a lot, there's a lot with Benny. Yeah. But I, I um, can you see but, any connections here? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So I think, so we, we get to know Benny's backstory mm -hmm. or at least part of it, um, which is he's really old. He's been around for a really long time. Mm -hmm. And um, he's, he has, he like talks about joining different groups of vampires over the years. So I think it tracks that he would, you know, come across this group of I like to call them vegetarian vampires. <laughs> I do love that you call them vegetarian. I, I like had to not stop myself from laughing because you were making a serious point when you said it last, but yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, it makes sense to me that he would join that group and live with them for a while and, you know, maybe have a different name to protect himself because um, groups that he was part of in the past were not exactly, you know, the best people all the time. Mm -hmm. so it makes sense to me that it was part of his journeys along the way I don't know what do you think yeah no I I, I totally agree and that was kind of the thought I was having as well um, the other thought I was actually having was in relation to um, when we so him 
So him and Dean meet in purgatory, right? And then they get out of purgatory um, and there's this like incredible amount of tension between Sam and Benny. And there's like a bunch of reasons for that that are also happening in season eight. And so that some of it's not relevant to this, but I am also fascinated by the idea that even if that, I, that Sam has a good memory and that, that even if he doesn't fully remember, remember, mm. I, you know, I can't imagine that this, encounter with Eli and Lenore would have been one that they would have forgotten because it's so crucial to their understanding of what makes a monster a monster um I you know if Sam remembers Eli that makes it way more complicated when they meet Benny Mm -hmm. and you know the complicated things that are happening in season eight the fact that Sam and Dean are in this place where they don't fully trust what the other person is doing and they don't agree and they're both being asked to kind of give up something for the hunt Mm -hmm. and it just makes it just I think makes what's happening in season eight with Benny like in in a lot of ways just more interesting if this is uh the same person I guess the issue with that is that Dean would remember him as well yeah and I will know because Dean doesn't meet him Dean doesn't meet him he doesn't meet Eli. He doesn't meet him. He does oh my at gosh, the bar. Does, he does at the bar. He does. But, but you know, he might have thought that he was wouldn't, he wouldn't remember a random bartender. He wouldn't yeah. remember a random bartender. And also he looks a lot younger. Um, because Ty Olson, you know, vampires maybe don't age, age. but Ty Olson <laughs> did <laughs> by season eight, eight years later. Um yeah. but yeah, Dean wouldn't have any reason to remember a random bartender. That's a and, they great have, point. and they have a good, like, their little report. Again, maybe this is, we should have said this in Gator, but we were not doing spoilers then. So, but like, they have a little bit of like chemistry in their interaction at the bar. And, you know, I am firmly on the Benny Dean were a thing oh, in purgatory same. camp. So we're not, you know, we're just going with that. But that also like makes, you know, because does, is part of the reason that Benny, in purgatory saves Dean at the beginning and latches onto him and protects him. And, you know, obviously Benny is also looking for a way out of purgatory and Dean is his only way out. But, you know, if he also knows Dean's a hunter, he also knows Dean is, you know, a person of value. Dean's a good, Dean's a good guy who let them go, who like, who didn't kill him, like who didn't come after him mm-hmm. in this scenario. Like maybe, maybe that's not something Dean will remember. Maybe that's something that Benny will remember. And maybe that's also oh. why Dean becomes so attached to him. And maybe they do talk about it. Maybe we just never get that on screen. I like it. It makes this so much more fun. It does. <laughs> I really love finding the things that were not intentionally in the show and being like, we can make it work. Yeah, just hiring the same person to be a secondary character. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Or like what's intended to be a one-off character. Yeah, yeah. We had this, We Jacob and I had the same discussion when we did The Benders because The Benders takes place in the same town Donna is from. And so we had this whole conversation about how, how we could connect that lore and make it make sense and um, with the police officer in that episode and Donna and and nice. connect you know it just kind of is great it's great to find that um makes it fun 
Very fun. Good question. Yeah. Thank you for your input on it. Mm -hmm. So that concludes our show for today. Thank you so much, Renny, for joining me. Thanks for having me. It was fun. If you haven't yet, please subscribe to Driver Picks the Podcast wherever you get your podcasts and come talk to us by sending in a voicemail or tagging us on Twitter or TikTok. Thank you all for coming along for the ride and we wish you a peaceful road until we meet again. Next week, we will be discussing season two, episode four, Children Shouldn't Play with Dead Things through the theme of willpower. A note to our listeners. This episode was recorded prior to our season three name change, where we went from Driver Picks the Podcast to Saving People, Queering Things. For all of our new social media platforms, visit queeringthingspodcast.com.